House Republican efforts to impeach President Biden in jeopardy this morning. Lawmakers grilled the president's brother, James Biden, behind closed doors for more than eight hours yesterday. He said his older brother, quote, has never had any involvement or any direct or indirect financial interest, end quote, in his family's business ventures. This comes after a former FBI informant whose claims were central to the GOP inquiry was arrested last week for lying about Biden and his son Hunter, accepting $5 million bribes from a Ukrainian energy company. Burisma Lauren Fox is on Capitol Hill with more. Everyone probably knows what a 1023 form is now, and that is at the core of all of this, what was true and what was apparently very not true. Yeah, and these latest, this latest news about Alexander Smirnov really still reverberating through the Republican majority as they grapple with what it means for their impeachment inquiry moving forward. You have a number of Republicans who were always looking for more direct evidence that would connect Joe Biden directly to his son Hunter or his brother James's business dealings abroad. And so far, Republicans haven't found that. In fact, one of the foundational pieces of information that they had used is now been discredited. And I will note that that is not sitting well with a lot of Republicans who wanted to get more information to begin with. Here's one of those members, Ken Buck. We were warned at the time that we received the uh, document uh, outlining this witness's testimony. We were warned that uh, the credibility of this statement was, was not known. And yet uh, people uh, my colleagues went out and, and talked to the public about how this was credible and how it was damning and how uh, it, it proved President Biden's, uh, at the time Vice President Biden's, uh, complicity in receiving bribes. Um, I, I, it appears to absolutely be false and to really undercut the, the nature of the charges. And key chairman James Comer, Jim Jordan, they are trying to downplay the importance of Smirnoff's uh, 1023, arguing essentially that that was never really that important to their impeachment inquiry. But we should just point out that at this point, Republicans are in a really tough position because they have voted to open this impeachment inquiry. But there were a number of Republicans who had noted at the time that they needed to see more direct evidence before they would be willing to actually vote to impeach Biden. Right now, it's so unclear how exactly Republican leadership is going to deal with just the reality that right now it looks like the impeachment probe is starting to really unravel. Fox, you reporting on appropriations at five in the morning is like six espresso shots straight to my veins. So you know I'm going to ask you about it. Um, the other thing we're unsure about when it comes to Republican leadership is how are they going to fund the government? The deadline is on March 1st. They're currently on recess. You and Melzanona have a great piece out this morning kind of walking through the process, what they, what's happening behind the scenes. Do they have a plan? Well, if there's a plan, no one that I talked to yesterday knows what it is. I will say, as I started reporting the story in the morning, I thought one thing, and as the afternoon drug on and I started writing, it was very clear to me that there was no trick up anyone's sleeve, and next week is going to be extremely messy. The deadline for the first tranche of bills comes Friday, and right now, appropriators are still trying to work through a lot of outstanding issues, chief among them the fact that Republicans are still pushing for controversial policy 
fantasy writers that typically would have no place in these kind of appropriations bills, but are really important to some conservatives who are pushing Johnson to get some kind of win in this process because he already has agreed to spending levels that they don't like. That's why Johnson is once again finding himself in the middle. I mean, stop if you've heard me say this before, but you have a newly minted speaker, you have a divided Republican conference, you have a narrow majority, and you have yet another spending deadline coming up in just about a week's time. And right now, it's just not clear if they're going to be able to move all of this forward and avert a shutdown. I think that it's, you know, pretty dire, given wow. the fact that they're leaving all of this to next week. And I'll note, House Republicans don't get back to Washington until Wednesday next week. Didn't, didn't we just do this? What's the rush? It feels like we do this every two months. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, buddy. We're back with us, Natasha Alford, Jim Messina, and Alice Stewart. We'll, we'll get to the, the spending stuff in a second, but Alice, on the impeachment process, there were a number of Republicans who just kind of said okay on uh, voting for a formal inquiry, but weren't totally sold on the actual end game here. I can't fathom they are any more sold now and probably a lot more reticent to move forward. What's the purpose of this, given what's happened this week? Yeah, many are really discouraged about the fact that the FBI informant has come out to be uh, not credible and really undercuts the basis of this inquiry. But uh, others I'm speaking with say, look, this was the, uh, central to this uh, uh, impeachment probe, but it was not the only basis for the impeachment probe. And those I've spoken with say they are, there are there are um, WhatsApp messages, there are emails, there's other information that go to support this uh, claim. And look, they say, while the FBI informant may not be credible, there are still some basic truths that they are working to uncover and following the facts. That is, uh, Hunter Biden serving on the board, being paid a lot of money, having no qualifications, seeking help from prosecutors, as well as Joe Biden's um, work and involvement in potential conversations there. And then we heard from James Biden, the president's brother, uh, who talked at length, according to those in the room, about protecting the Biden brand and uh, influence peddling surrounding Joe Biden. Look, what we have right now makes this uh, probe look very bad. But if they do have other uh, information that corroborates these claims, they need to get them out there fast because uh, people are starting to uh, not see the light at the end of the tunnel with this probe. There, Jim, there are, in, to Alice's point, there are a whole lot of maybes, buts, potential caveats around all of this. Can mm. we just listen to James Comer? Lauren talked about there's James Comer, there's Jim Jordan. Let's listen to James sort of saying, well, we still have something here. Here he was. He wasn't an important part of this investigation because I didn't even know who he was. All I knew was there was a 1023 that alleged bribery. My investigation's about all the money the Bidens have taken from China, from Romania, from Kazakhstan, for nothing in return. For nothing. This guy in return. had absolutely nothing yeah, to do with it. Crazy. We got a tip. We investigated. We couldn't figure out who it was. But this guy is central to that form that he's talking about. I mean, he, that's the crux of it. He's the whole case. He's the whole missing link. And they've now looked at this for five years, and now they have absolutely no proof of anything. This whole thing is a sham. And by the way, we're also bearing the lead here. Uh, the, the witness also admitted that he had contact with Russian intelligence who gave him some of this stuff. Like, we are talking about just an unbelievable tale 
of ridiculousness and woe, and this whole thing's falling apart, and exactly to Phil's great point, when they should be focusing on balancing the budget, getting a deal, and moving this country forward, and yet they still refuse to realize this whole thing is nothing, and they should just go on and do the business of the American people. Natasha, as you watch all this, I, I'm reminded when Republicans took over the House, um, and you talk to White House officials and they say, look, we are going to make their dysfunction center stage. We are going to make clear that they can't run government, that they can't do anything. And darned if they haven't tried everything in their power in the chamber for House Republicans to prove the White House right about that. And yet it doesn't feel like it resonates more broadly. Why is that? Well, I, I think you that clip that you just showed says a lot. It illustrates the moment that we're in right now, even in the face of facts, right? As Jim said, Smirnoff was really the, the basis for a lot of the accusations that we saw. There is always spin. There is always a commitment to this narrative um, that Biden is somehow corrupt, that Biden deserves to be impeached. And so you, when you have a 24-7 uh, conservative right-wing media willing to go with whatever the conspiracy of the day is, um, the facts kind of don't matter, unfortunately. Now, what the American people will take away from that, um, we will see. But I do think that there's a frustration when you add what happened with immigration, that people are saying, why can't you get things done? Does this really matter more than what we are dealing with in our everyday lives?